Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 14, Episode 7, titled Daytona Wins. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one flatulent, I don't think I've ever heard Taylor Fart, co-host from the podcast pod, when, I, when would I hear you fart? I don't even know. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Listen, if you ain't reading your friend, it's not your hearing friend, okay? Period. To Taylor, the latte boy. I couldn't find a clip zero this week. Taylor, um, how are you? <laughs> I couldn't. They were right. good. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, very well, mama. Uh, you know, you guys just missed an epically long just between us girls. And also what they missed too, Taylor, because, you know, I was on vacation this week is we had some afterthoughts record um, a Patreon-only recap of UK versus the World, Episode 3. It was Afterthought Roundtable mm-hmm. with Zach Nelson, Luke Stamen, and Ernie the Dr. Pepper guy. And um, they uh, gave their two cents. And you, there's all guys... Let me tell you this. I'm gonna have to take. This is how much content there is on after on Afterthoughts Patreon. I'm gonna have to tell Christian we can't do Bring It to the Runway on Patreon anymore because it has its own feed. By the way, Bring It to the Runway available wherever you get your podcast. Go download and subscribe today. But I don't think you can do it on Patreon anymore. There's too much content. It's like literally seven days a week a new show. Plus, maybe it could be more than one show. So, and again, once again, the world... All this value. I know. And again, the world's most amazing community that hates its own creator. Yeah, I don't get it. (laughs) It's kind of like, you know how, like, the Trumpistas are now turning against Trump? Yeah, that's just like that. Yep. They turn against their... They Uh turn against daddy. Right? Anyway. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Afterthought Media. You know, I was listening to a little bit of the... um, of the afterthought roundtable, mm-hmm. and I've only heard a little bit of it. They're all they're all desperate to hear my critique um, of the show, right? I, I but by the way, I didn't realize it was a part of them. Do I didn't I didn't know how to give it an official critique. I just found that out. Oh. I found it out because everyone keeps mentioning it on Discord, and and uh, Luke messaged me late last night, like, "Hey, um, can we get an official critique of the show? We're all nervous." I'm like. What? Like, what is official critique? <laughs> Taylor's not going to even hear it until next year. You know? <laughs> but I, I am up to December. Okay. I'm up to December podcast, so I may, I may hear it by the summer. It's oh, okay. fine. Yeah. But, um, but when I went to McDonald's this morning, I did hear a little bit of it. And they, I do want to say that I want to talk about something they said. They made a really good point that I have not, it never occurred to me that 
that the show is really more like an exhibition because they don't win money on UK versus the world. They get to they get mm-hmm. to record a song with RuPaul. Can you imagine? That's the prize. Is you get to record a song with a woman who made peanut butter. You know. <laughs> I know, right? And it's probably a song she's already recorded. You're oh, just yeah, adding a rap yeah. to the middle of it. It's, it's not like, like it's not like where they're going to be sitting in a studio like the "Can I Get an Amen?" Yeah. You know, with with yeah. the with the headphones under under the chin yeah. with the one that's never going to happen. Yeah. But it's going to be picture, like she makes it sound like yeah they're going to be standing there with her doing that. It's, it's going to be like Natalie Cole when she did that song with her dead dad. Unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the dad singing and she's going like poo poo or when Frank Sinatra was. <laughs> Or when Frank Sinatra, remember towards the, he did these duet albums, and in the first one he was still lucid, so it really does feel like a duet. But on the later ones, mm-hmm. when they're trying to pump every cent out of him before he dies, it really right. is him going like, um, "I don't know the words," and then like the, he's just clearly it's so obvious <laughs> he's in another room with not even he's someone's pumping the words into his ear. And Julio Iglesias, uh, halfway across the world at a different day, is like, <laughs> right. Soto, Chicago. You know, like, and, um, and, and it was awful. And that, that's what it's going to be like. You're right. But that imagine they spent all this money. No, you know, everyone, cause the whole thing is Juju B supposedly isn't bringing it. Now it makes sense. Why would she be like, bitch, I'm not going to spend all this money so I could sing a song with RuPaul? <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to get that money back? Right. She's already Juju beat. She's already Juju. Look, on the other ones, on the regular seat, we're doing UK versus the world now. Never mind. Okay. I was going to say, you're, you're, you're dipping into UK versus the world. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. This week, the Queens overact in the daytime drama Daytona wins. On the runway, the category is chaps. With no one placed in the bottom, Diabetti and Lady Camden are named the top two queens of the week and battle it out in a lip sync battle for the crown. In the end, Lady Camden was named the winner of the challenge, leaving Diabetti to stew for yet another week. Taylor, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. This was my favorite episode of the season so far. What? This was a great episode. I was thoroughly entertained. Really? From 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, yes, with one big exception. Yeah. Um, I Two things that I liked were that I liked that Rue directed, that it wasn't Michelle or Carson or Ross or somebody else, and that she – nothing is more enjoyable to me than when Rue looks like she's genuinely having fun. And it mm-hmm. felt like she was having fun directing the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the twist okay. for for the first couple of seconds when they sent the they sent Carrie and Deja and um, Angeria back. We both looked at each other like you've got to be kidding because Angeria was not great. But then when they announced that all six of them were at the top, that was that was like I I enjoyed that. It was it was very fun. The thing I did not like was. The farting. The farting was the thing that I was like, you've got to be kidding. And it was so the editing of that where it felt like they used the same shot of Lady Camden, like, like putting her hand over her mouth to laugh like four times over that because it was it was not funny. I That is just not a thing that I think is is very, very funny. But 
for the most part, with the exception of that, I really enjoyed the episode. What about you? You know, I remember when season seven, Michelle told Max, oh, stop with the gray hair. Right? And then mm-hmm. Max didn't wear the gray hair and she got eliminated. And um, so last week, if you were a Patreon.com member, Patreon.com slash Afterthought Media, if you're a Patreon supporter and you heard just between us girls, Taylor and I had a uh, a serious conversation about his, you know, where he is with the show and whatnot. And it's been sounding like he's been a little bit bitter about the show. And now she comes in this week. And she's like, I love this show. It's the greatest show that ever existed. <laughs> I'm like, who's this bitch? The show wasn't that good. I No, I didn't say it was the best episode of RuPaul's Drag Race ever. And there's a good chance next week I'm going to be like, okay, I'm done. But this week, maybe I was in the right mindset. Maybe, maybe. I was, you know, I... It it basically revolved around eighty soap operas, so of course oh, that's within my yes, wheelhouse. That is it true. Was okay, where there was no, it was where everybody was excited because they were either safe when they thought they were going to be the bottom, or everybody was in the top, <laughs> and everybody it was everybody got praise and everybody it was like one of those where everybody did really well, mm-hmm. and I I enjoy that every once in a while. Yeah. I found the episode to be forgettable. You know, we talked about um, Natalie Cole and her dead dad. They think unforgettable. I'm going to yep. be singing forgettable. It's forgettable <laughs> in every way. And uh, I just didn't feel, I just felt like it wasn't a horrible episode, but there were no stakes. No one went home. Uh, it was just there. It was just like you on this between us girls. Taylor was talking about a, a week at Disney at, at, where there's like a filler, and this mm-hmm. was a filler episode uh, to me. It no stakes, no one went home, no world. I mean, they were trying. I mean, I was looking. I, you know, I watched these episodes twice. Yeah, and I was watching them today, and they spent like I'm gonna say three minutes. Three minutes. On in the workroom, Deja Sky saying, "Let's try this off book," and she keeps having to go back to her script. That's mm-hmm. how li- that's how little they had to work with, you know. So I just thought it was a very forgettable episode. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was good. I will not remember in two years. You know, we have all these uh, fucking drag race nerds. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. who know the quotes from everything, you know, and they're going to yeah. be like, um, I know this one guy, I was talking to this one guy, all he does, he, you know how straight guys only talking like anchorman quotes. Yeah. Everything he says is a drag race quote. He'll get mad. He'll be like, we'll have another diet Coke. And I'll be like, okay. And he goes, how do you not get that? That's a drag race quote. And I'm like, <laughs> He goes, in season 11, episode six, you know, uh, uh, Silky Nutmeg Ganache says that to Evie Oddly. And I'm like, how would I fucking know what Evie Oddly, will you host a podcast about it? Yeah. And then I move on. Anyway, right. this is going to be one of those shows. That same person in three years is going to say like, oh my God. And I'm going to be like, uh-huh, what happened? Don't you know? Season 14, episode seven. 
uh, Jasmine says that? I'm like, no. I don't even know what happened that episode. <laughs> I do not happen to know what happened that episode. And this is this is one of those episodes. By 2 p.m. today, I will have forgotten what happened in this episode. Oh, I am sure I will too. But we have talked extensively about how I am. I'm not. I'm. I am whelmed by this season. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have this little burst of okay, this is fun. Mm-hmm. And this is silly. And mm-hmm. this is where, you know, everybody seems to be having a good time. Mm-hmm. We need to have that every once in a while. It can't be all drama, all conflict all the time. Now, I did at one point think when they got down, when they had them all standing there, when she was announcing what the maxi challenge was, me going, we are tearing through this season compared to last season. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like it's going much faster than season 13 did. And then at the end of this episode, I'm like, Oh shit, that means there's an extra episode because no one went home. <laughs> well, yeah, because the cornbread, so. they had to, they had to make up for the cornbread. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Then that makes yeah. me feel a little better then because technically yeah, yeah, two yeah, went yeah. home a couple They're just kind of hide. They're trying to bury it. Yeah. Uh, I think also, I think 13 felt long because they did that thing, which I hope they never do again, where I don't think they eliminated anyone to like episode five. It was like episode four was the first time that they eliminated somebody. Yeah. So four. And then there was an episode later on where nobody went home, where it was Candy versus um, Simone, and she let them both stay. Oh, yeah. See, that was awful. All right. After Maddie's elimination, everyone compliments Jasmine on her lip sync while Diabetti grabs about Georges' win. While taking off her drag, Georges shares that she's a little hurt by Diabetti's diatribe. Taylor... Let's talk about this a little bit. Mostly what I want to talk about is this diabetic diatribe. Um, any thoughts here on this? Diatribe. Um, I, it's not a cute look. Mm-hmm. It's not a cute look when you are saying something like that. And they definitely seemed to harp on through the entire episode that she was, she was bitter Betty. Yeah. Um, through the whole thing. Uh, I just kind of said that I said she's not making friends or fans with the way that she's doing this. And I even yeah. wrote down that they're, it almost feels like they're trying to give Diabetti at that point, they were trying to give her the Jan edit. Yeah. Of where it becomes clear at this point that they are going to drag this out as mm-hmm. far as where I just don't understand why I don't get a win. And mm-hmm. I, I did so much better than everybody else here. I did so much more than so many other people here. Mm-hmm. I don't get why. You know, the comment about that's the prettiest looking napkin I've ever seen could have been just a she could have done that as a cute read, like a fun, quick read and then let it go. But the fact that she kept harping on it was it just wasn't a cute look. Yeah, I'm really torn on this one. There's a part of me that thinks it wasn't as big of a deal and that they're really trying to make something here happen because these girls just get along too well. Yeah. Uh, two is Diabetti actually has, and maybe I'm projecting a little bit because I'm going through a similar thing, but Diabetti actually has a genuine gripe, but it shouldn't be with Georges as much as it is with the judging, you know? Yes. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some, pro- I don't know if this is the case. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's exactly as we saw it. But if there was some producer intervention where she was, cause you never see the girls really bitch about the judging. They would never. They would never. 
Yeah, and so I don't know if that was because really that's who the problem should be with. The problem should be with the judging and the criteria and how it was judged because that seems to be the real gripe. I mean, if George just walked down the runway in a fucking diaper and they're like, uh, Georges, you look beautiful, then that's not uh, Georges's fault. Well, I mean, we haven't really seen that since Take Off That Hat, You Bald-Headed Bitch. Yeah. That Latrice set back in, like, season four. That was really the only time you saw them bitching about the judges. Well, um, yes, but we also have um, this classic clip. I believe it's right here. Um... Will you please shut the fuck up with your no-drag-knowledge mouth? Alyssa talking about Santino. As well. Yeah. Uh but um yeah, so like I I don't know. So like that's why I'm saying like I don't know how much manipulation what we're seeing is happening here. Well we're, I mean, we're gonna see manipulation did, in a f- few minutes. True. And she Definitely. did I mean she did say what she said to Georges. I mean the 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 editor editor can't make that out of whole cloth. And I think that was right. Diabetes' mistake. But what's weird was it seemed last episode and this episode that unless we see more, that they were trying to make Diabetti into the villain, but it seems like there's been a resolution and they sort of talked it out. Um, I do love. Well, I, the, go ahead. Go ahead. Now go ahead. Go ahead. You do love, by the way, that during the build up to the to the introduction, that Jasmine is saying that to the producers in the confessional that uh, Diabetti needs to just get over the loss. And I was like, Oh, really, right. bitch? Have you just seen really? two episodes ago, three episodes ago? What were you going to <laughs> when you were crying because you were safe? Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that I thought is her coming in and going, "Well, that was easy. That's that could definitely come back to bite you in the ass at some point." Because yes, she is at this point. Who are you talking about right here? I'm talking about Jasmine. Oh, okay. when they first all walk back in, the first yeah. thing she's always the first when the somebody inevitably goes, "Woo, girl." That the first thing she looks at the camera and goes, "Well, that was easy." Mm-hmm. Talking about sending Maddie home, yeah. which I, I don't know that that's that's not a good look either. You know, you ultimately you were in the bottom two. Yes, you did an amazing job, but there also should be a an ounce of humility that comes with that because you had to basically fight to stay in the in the competition. By the way, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm going to tread lightly here, everybody. And, I, and and if I make any mistakes in what I say, please give me some leeway because. A, I'm tired, and B, I feel this is that we're getting to a place where language has become a tightrope. And please forgive me. I'm just, I'm trying to do, I'm doing my best, and give me credit for that. Uh-huh. But you know, Maddie identifies as straight, and I always thought that's a little weird, right? Not weird. I mean, I could see they were playing it up, and then it was. But I'm like, I remember uh, talking to somebody who knows Maddie. Uh-huh. Before this is before the season aired, so I hadn't gotten a sense of Maddie yet. And I was like, "What's your sense? Do you, do you get the sense that maybe DL he's getting blowjobs from guys, you know, or giving blowjobs, and he's just on the DL? Like, there's it's not totally straight." And this person was like, "No, he's straight, right?" And I was like, "Okay." And then we saw her on the show, or I should say, saw him on the show. I'm like, "Oh, he's straight. <laughs> he walks like a straight guy." He has the fashion taste of a straight guy who does drag. Uh-huh. He's straight, right? 
Yeah. But now, and I don't know the veracity of this, but I saw on the Discord, and I haven't done extensive research, but it's coming out that Maddie may not be as straight as purported. That, do you know about right. this? I just saw something in the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. And where Maddie at one point, and by the way, I believe people in terms of gender, uh, almost like I said, with what I'm going to say right now is more like I was talking about with Diabetti and the show. What mm-hmm. I'm going to say right now is more about the show and maybe why Maddie seems so uncomfortable with the straight talk, to be honest with you. So I'm not blaming Maddie. Is people can people can change their gender. You can do whatever the fuck you want, however you want to fucking identify. If you want to identify as a refrigerator, go ahead. Okay, mm-hmm. it worked for a football player in the eighties. So, um, nobody's gonna get that reference. <laughs> so, um, and so do that. I don't care. Okay, but the mm-hmm. point is. So the rumor is, I don't know what the veracity is, that, like, at some point, Maddie identified as trans and bi and was uh, Mm -hmm. an escort for male Mm -hmm. clients. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there it is. There's the, and I'm not saying that she's gay or bi, I'm just saying there's, I think drag is attractive to people. And I think Maddie has said, I think, and I think Maddie's been pretty open about this, has said at one point that Maddie wondered if he was trans or not, and people are allowed to explore their gender and their sexuality. So once again, I'm going to say right now, what I'm going to say right now is about the show. It's not about Maddie. Is I feel the show, because now, and rightfully so, Maddie identifies as a straight, cisgendered man. Okay? Uh It's his choice. But the show was trying to harp on that, and I think that picked up on the discomfort that we were feeling, because Maddie always sort of felt like uncomfortable when the show was putting him in that position. And I think it's because Maddie knew, well, I'm not as the straight guy you think I am or that they're trying to pre- present me as. And okay. um, I don't know what your thoughts were on that. It makes sense. I mean, I talked, I believe last week about some of the things that were said to him or some of the positions that he was placed in during the show. And mm-hmm. I feel like some of that, I personally feel that the idea of them picking teams by basically butt fucking the pit crew mm-hmm. was specifically made so that we would see Maddie have to do that. Yeah. Or at some point, somebody said, "Well, maybe we could use." Oh, wait, Maddie's still here. We have to do that. Then mm-hmm. that absolutely is the case. And mm-hmm. comments like, "You know, is your pussy on fire?" and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think that part of that is the enjoyment quote unquote that we would get at a watching a squake straight guy squirm like supposedly straight guy squirm mm-hmm. someone who identifies a straight guy squirm compared to situations in which we as lgbt people have maybe been in the past as well mm-hmm. yeah it's a very very interesting I'm, I'm very interested to see how this turns out i put, I put the goggles on um mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. The next day, Daya gives a half-hearted apology to Georges for her outburst. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. It's an acting challenge. The queens will star in a drag race soap opera titled Daytona Wins. It's about three rival dynasties named the Davenports, the O'Hara's, and the Michaels. In the workroom, Georges' last week's winner also wins the chance to assign the roles. Uh, I have a list of the roles here, but I don't know if that's necessarily important so far. Daya desperately wants to stand out. 
Bosco worries her role is too small. Deja tries to go off book but forgets her lines. And Georges hopes she fares better than she did in the first acting challenge. Uh, I don't think there's a discussion point here, so let's move on. Daytona wins recording. It's time to film Daytona wins with Rue at the helm. Deja can't find her southern accent. Carrie impresses RuPaul. Georgia shows her range of facial expressions and Jasmine channels Alyssa Edwards. Bosco gives Reba while Angeria struggles to remember her lines. Taylor the Latte Boy, we've covered a lot. And so, but yet not a lot to talk about. So let me actually do a, a more pointed direction question. Um, Diabetti, top of, when they walk in, gives an apology to Georges. Let's talk about that. What were mm-hmm. your thoughts here? Well, my first thought was that that felt so producer driven as far as that where they, 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 you could see 10 seconds before somebody saying how one of you guys say, how does everybody feel how last night went sort of thing? Mm-hmm. It just, it just did not feel genuine. The whole, that whole segment did not feel genuine at all. Even Georges um, saying, I feel so good, everybody. And yes. you're like something's going on here. Yeah. It was, it was one of these where, we we need to get Daya pretending to apologize, <laughs> or we need we need to get this beat because this is going to work for our story. One way or the other, this is going to work for our storyline later on. So I agree that the apology felt very insincere. It was definitely rambling. It didn't. It was very. It was very. I'm sorry. You feel that way. That was basic, which is not up an apology. We we have long established that is not an apology. I am sorry that I did something and your reaction was that is very different than I'm sorry you feel that way. So I have a different take from you than you. I feel the apology happened off camera. And they had to recreate okay. and they had to recreate it. And that's the the lack of authenticity you see. And the producers are making them do all that, right? It was okay. very, very scripted. That, excellent theory. Because yes, I, can, I can see that. Here's why. The confessional is Jasmine saying that is the fakest apology. But there was no footage of George's commenting on the apology. So why wasn't it George's saying, I don't buy it or whatnot? It seems like George's was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, was fine with the apology, was fine. And, and here's the, the thing. And then maybe that's why Diabetes seems not too authentic because I feel it's, she's probably annoyed that it's being dragged up. Like, I don't know. I'm just, just speculation because my, my take was like, well, fuck you, Jasmine. Who, who are you to say what the apology is? Right. You know, but, um, that's why I, I you would think from a producing standpoint or editing standpoint, they would have put what George's thought. But we didn't see that. In fact, George's often in this story, I can't even think of a confessional moment where George's talks about it. We see George's talk about it later while she's, while she's getting out of drag, talking about it to the other girls. But I don't uh-huh. think of, I can't think of a confessional moment where George's talks about how she feels about it. Yeah, I don't know. And that either. was sort of bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's a very, very strange thing. I don't know what is up with that. Um, I wish we could find out. I actually thought if it was genuine, it was very adult of diabetes to apologize. It could be one of the things though, where she went home and she goes, I must have looked like the biggest fucking bitch. 
And that, that is what I got to. I yes. got from that as far as the, whether she said it in the bus on the way over in the van or whether mm-hmm. it was that she had to, because we've talked about this now. These girls are much more self-aware in seasons yeah. 12, 13, 14 than they were in three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And they are realizing that life goes on after after drag race i mean in untucked uh t.s madison came in and said what is your goal for being on there and jasmine in particular says financial security being on drag race will allow me financial security so so there is an awareness here that Mm -hmm. there wasn't in the early seasons. so you know and especially from what we understand in those hotel rooms you have a lot of time to think Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I am sure that on some level she was just like, uh, this is this isn't gonna win me Miss Congeniality acting this way. Yeah. Very interesting. But also, again, like I've alluded to, I've been in similar situations. I could see being in that high pressure pressure situation, and maybe you don't act the way that you wanted to act because you're very in your feelings. And then once you've had time to reflect, not me being the diabetic defense attorney, once you have time <laughs> to reflect, <laughs> then you can come at it from a different angle we are all human beings Taylor. is what i'm trying to say and we are all allowed to make mistakes see that's the thing that's the difference with this season is they're trying to turn you know there have been seasons in the past where you're like no that girl is a mess candy muse you know Uh you know tamisha iman as well like that person is a straight up mess okay Uh But then there are times where they're just good people who make mistakes. And I think that's what's going on with Diabetti. But the, I feel that, like, I, I said this in the, in the early part of the, of the season is I think everyone in this cast, people who've been eliminated, people who are still on are very wonderful people, people I probably would like to know, know in person. But that makes yeah. for boring television and some, and, but even people that I know can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we have to allow them the grace to make up for it. Um, I wanted to talk about, but not the people who produce the show or edit the show. They get no grace. Um, <laughs> they're horrible. <laughs> while they're casting it, you know, it, it, coincidentally, Drag Race UK this week had a similar sort of challenge. It was another acting challenge where roles were right. assigned. And there was this obsession, and I want to know where this comes from with the number of lines. And I'm not saying whether more lines are better or fewer lines are better. But there is some with number of lines. And I'm like, when has that ever been the case when the judges have said, like, why didn't you say more lines? Like, why are they obsessed with that? Because it's it's screen time. Mm-hmm. It's screen time. And that when you have a it's sort of this, it's the it's two sides of the same coin. You have the potential with a large part to fuck up because you forget lines or too much to, it's it's just this huge overwhelming task whereas on the other side of the coin is that where if you only have a if you have a very small part you have that much less opportunity to stand out so you have mm-hmm. to go really big yeah so i think people are trying to find that balance of uh, i want to be able to make my mark but i also don't want to be overwhelmed mm-hmm by the amount of lines or the amount of stage direction or anything else that I have to go through. It's so interesting when they were discussing the roles they want to be, it's now maybe this is going to respect more, but it's Bosco saying, I want to do the crazy old lady role, which I think gives you more opportunity to win, to, to showcase your talent. Whereas Carrie, I felt was wanted to bury herself in like the daughter of the bride, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, ah, I mean, I think they're going to fucking 
quote unquote carry her all the way to the end, you know, uh-huh. uh, pun intended. But I don't think she's giving much in terms of these kinds of challenges. Well, and she talked about that a little bit in Untucked this week. Oh, she did. What did she say? Where she, where she basically said that she feels like she's being seen as very middle of the road with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was expecting that they thought she was going to be the shit. Because, and she said this, she goes, which I don't know if this quote is going to come back to bite her in the ass, and I'm going to paraphrase. But Untucked, she said, the thing with LA Queens is really you only have to be pretty and people worship you. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, well, damn, that's a hell of a, that that's a thing to say about yourself. But she said, so getting here, she just sort of assumed that that's the way things would be. And they're making her work for it. And she goes, and I think the judges are trying to get me out of that box. It was, again, we're being self-aware of what's going on with the show versus where we are. So I think I agree with you that she is kind of just sort of, she is gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. In that wedding dress, she looked amazing, but she is kind of like, right, look, this is something. What have I said? I call balls and I call strikes. Okay. Uh-huh. And I'm going to say it here about one of our own hosts on Afterthought. But, you know, to prove Carrie's point, this fucking Christian Ochoa over at Bring It to the Runway is a shallow West Hollywood gay. And he worships the ground that Carrie Colby walks on. Because one time he saw her in a show and she was fierce. Right? And I'm not uh-huh. denying her fierceness. But, again, going to the – I'm bringing up the Aja quote again. Carrie could – walk out there in a fucking diaper and yeah. Christian would say, Carrie, you look beautiful. You know? <laughs> um I, I listen to this bring it to the runway and every fucking week Christian is I know he's gonna there have been episodes where he's like, oh she's this I didn't like this or she could have done more. But for the most part, Carrie gets a lot more leeway than a lot of the other queens just because she's beautiful. Yeah. It's very, very shallow. I'm saying Christian Ochoa is shallow, shallow, is what I'm saying. Okay? Yes. I'm picking up on that. There was this afterthought this week (laughs) on Discord who threatened to quit the show if I didn't cancel Bring It to the Runway. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because... A listener or a listener? I'm sorry, a listener. If I didn't quit Patreon... Because I was like, well, that's their show. And he was like, yeah, but it, you know, like, I'm paraphrasing as well, but like, it says a lot about the company you keep. And I was like, I'll help you pack. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I is, will. Is this, is this the, the text message you sent me? Oh, no, let's talk about it. I was hesitant about talking about this because I don't want to give that troll, like, any, uh, uh, more tap, more, um, oxygen, oxygen, but, uh, we, mm-hmm. we got a, I'll, I'll say this. We got a troll message this week and I was okay. like, yeah, bye. Which, which I was sent a screen capture of and I just responded with LOL. <laughs> yeah. 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 It literally bothered, it bothered me zero. It bothered me zero. In fact, you know, that's a, because per- one of the complaints was he, he, this person said that the, the show was 90% uh, better help ads. So on that note, Oh, wrong thing. On that note, uh, <laughs> we will be back right after this. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Yeah! All right, everybody. <laughs> Time for the remaining 5% of the show where we talk about the show. Uh. Did we, did we say everything we had to say about this Di- Daytona um, wins record? No, we what didn't talk about it at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you watch any soap operas as a kid? Or I'm as a teenager, like in college, anything like that? I'm going to tell you something. No and yes. The closest I ever did was I did watch, not the entire, maybe like one or two seasons of 90210. And oh, that's not a soap. Oh. And as a kid, <laughs> on I don't remember what like Nickelodeon or somebody was rewriting uh, Dark Shadows, and I love okay. Dark Shadows. But that was that's about that it. was on Netflix for a while. And yeah, we, we went through a phase of where we watched those and just were laughing at how bad they were. Oh, as awful. far as like you know, boom boom mics in the in the shot, and yeah. or anytime somebody walked past a mirror, you can see the camera crew <laughs> behind, and yeah, you know things like that. I was a big. um in college, I was a big All My Children fan. I watched All My Children through most of my 20s, actually. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I was really into One Life to Live, too. Mm-hmm. But then over time, I just, once I started working like a nine to five job and it got harder because I would, I would tape them all week mm-hmm. and then watch them on the weekends. And then it got oh, to be where I'm like, this is six hours of my life. I'm not getting back. And I'm in my 20s and I could be doing other things. So yeah. over time, it just kind of, the interest faded. And let's be honest, in your 20s, your life is a soap opera. Yes. Yes, very much so. So, uh, going back to what we were talking about before, A, last week you and I talked about Leona Helmsley, and boom, this week a character's named Leona, which, by the way, the producer who writes this is an old gay named Tom Campbell, so he is 100% Referencing Leona Helmsley with the name Leona. Everyone should know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love, like I said, that UK versus the world was also doing this thing. And I love that these new queens are much better at assigning the roles than uh, the UK versus the world girls who fell apart on the assignment yes. of the roles part. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on the workroom or anything like that? Um, do, 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 no, I guess my one question is, so with the, with the workroom, they were assigned into teams or families of the Davenports, mm-hmm. the O'Hara's, which both mm-hmm. of those I get because there have been multiple Queens that have that last name on the show. Mm-hmm. The Michaels one. Am I missing? So- I Chad Michaels, obviously. 
but is there really anybody else? Is the Michaels known to be a, a drag family name that I'm just missing? It's funny that you say that because I had a thought. I had a thought that one of the names was the Colbys. Uh-huh. Which would make sense because A, it's a big drag family name. Mm-hmm. And B, it was also an 80 soap opera. Right. I thought of that too. And I was like, I wonder if there was a last minute like, ooh, that might not be a good idea. You know? Yeah. So we'll change it. Um, because you're right. Because let's see, they have the O'Hara's, that makes sense. They have the Davenports, that makes sense. They could have done, I'm trying to think there, I'm sure that there's somebody else they could have done. Well, Lauren S in the chat room said Cameron Michaels. So there's Chad Michaels. So technically there's been more than one Michaels on the show. And there's only three of them. There might have been three. Maybe there's a third one because like, um, you were talking about the craft store maybe? I don't know. But what I'm saying is (laughs) there's not that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's been two. I'm sure there's been some other last name that's been used a bunch. Oh, and Kenya Michaels. Oh, you're right. There's the three. Okay. All right. Chad Michaels, Kenya Michaels, Cameron Michaels. All right. We stand corrected. Even though it really is two and a half Michaels. (laughs) That took you about 14 seconds. I was waiting for some sort of joke. (laughs) So, okay. Um, All right. So, So as far as the taping of the show goes, uh, yeah. Uh, or the hand, what do you want to talk about? The handing out of the rolls? I'm done with that. Oh, okay. Did you have anything to say about that? No, I think that uh, after the handing out of the rolls, I said that I wrote, thought it was nice to see Daya and Willow getting along. And like, you know, cause they could have easily continued that of where Daya was just bitching about the fact that she was safe last week or something mm-hmm. like that. And it seems like, she, it seems like at least in this moment, she has moved on and she wants to stand out. Yeah. Um, and I guess kind of speaking back to what you were talking about, why would Deja try to memorize the lines they just got? That just seemed like such a yeah. ridiculous, yeah. you know, I mean, even if it's where they had had them for like an hour or something mm-hmm. at this point, it didn't make any sense. Well, let's try to go off book. Bitch, you just got the scripts. Well, that's the thing too. That's why I think they're trying to make something out of nothing. That was nothing there because. Okay. Like, I don't know why this took up three minutes of my life. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. That these, this cast is a wonderful group of people, but I don't know if they necessarily give the best television. You know, you know I, I, let's quickly talk about the in-studio stuff. And I just realized something else we need to talk about that's tangential to the show. But um, it didn't have to do with the season, but it, it's just not necessary from this episode. Um, at first, I didn't understand why RuPaul wanted everyone to make sure to listen to all the directions. Yes, and then I realized because Carrie does a performance and she pauses for a long time and we pause. See what she's doing there. See what she. I'm like, oh, on the second viewing for the fart. I wrote that too. Yeah. Yes. And um, because it was like, why does she give a shit? Here's the thing too, because I'm from California, so I don't get it. But Deja Mm -hmm. tries to do a southern accent, and RuPaul goes. Oh, you're from California. By the way, RuPaul is from California. She moved to Atlanta when she was like 11 or something like that, right? Um, but she goes, uh, she goes, she's talking about the cadence. What does it have to do particularly with California people? What was, I, I didn't get it. What was Deja not getting? I think that with Southern, when, when people talk in the stereotypical Southern, they draw things out so that they're very, very slow. What she, I think she was trying to get her to do 
was slow down with pauses so that they could put the fart noises in. Oh, mm-hmm. you're right. That's no. exactly what I yeah. pick it up. Now, here's another question I have for you, and I want to talk about this here. I didn't watch this Shit's Creek. Okay, I'll watch it eventually. I just have it. Okay, it's a great show. But I know you're a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And later on, because it's a show that we're assuming you've seen the episode already. Michelle comes down pretty hard on Willow for she said, well, you were pretty much doing Moira Rose, right? Is that the mm-hmm. character's name? I don't even know. Yes. And um, so now we're I'm watching it for the second time and RuPaul is enamored with Willow and it's like daytime Emmy right there. And I was like, oh, RuPaul hasn't watched Shit's Creek, has she? I haven't watched it. <laughs> so I didn't pick up on it the first time, but I wanted to get your take on this whole Moira Rose drama. Uh, well, I don't know that it was a lot of drama as much as it was. I, I didn't necessarily, apparently Babalus thought that right away. And okay. I didn't necessarily think it until they showed it the second time. Okay. When they showed it during Judges of Relation, I'm like, oh God, she does sound like Catherine O'Hara. Um, and that character though, and the way that character speaks and everything is hysterical. So I, I thought it was when Willow came in and said the first made the first comment, I laughed because it was just Mm -hmm. funny the way she was talking. But maybe part of that is just that muscle memory of always thinking everything that Moira Rose says on Shit's Creek is funny. Yeah, but I want to give I rarely do this. I want to give props to Michelle for calling that out, because one of the things I've always complained about is, oh, God. Before I say this, we have an official complaint email. It is the best of today at (laughs) gmail.com. So if mm-hmm. I say something right now that pisses you off, because I know this queen can bring people out to protect her because she is a delicate flower. Excuse you? Daytona wins? <laughs> that was my chair, and then I hit my knee against my filing cabinet. Mm-hmm. This Katya is seen as such a comedy queen. On both of her Snatch games, she is 100% ripping off all the work Kristen Wiig did. On the first one, she does, I don't remember her name, that lesbian financial expert, Susie Orman. Susie Orman. 100%. And if you fucking Katya stands, don't fucking believe me. Go to YouTube, pull up Kristen Wiig doing Susie Orman, and then write to the best of today at gmail.com. Katya 100% stole that characterization. Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. When she comes back for All Stars, boom, she does, uh, Kristen Wiig's version of Bjork, that characterization. She steals that and gets, oh my God, Katya, what a comedy here. What a snatch game legend. I'm like, yeah, I guess if you just watch the SNL DVD for the best of Kristen Wiig, you can also be, uh, a snatch game legend. So props to Michelle for calling out that because once again, these people were, you know, they're calling out, uh, this diabetic. For, uh, they're saying, quote unquote, stealing Crystal Method's look, her drag mother, when, as we talked about last week, a drag family, they're just gonna look alike. Um, right. but no one says shit about Katya literally legit stealing. By the way, also, this Brooklyn Heights is a big joke stealer, too. Um, but did you have any thoughts <laughs> on that or anything, Taylor, before I move on? Um, I thought that Carrie looked beautiful as a bride. I thought she mm-hmm. just looked amazing. Um, yeah. And the, uh, I thought Jasmine was, I was pleasantly surprised with just how ridiculous Jasmine was, mm-hmm. where she just sort of was, she was so bad she was good kind of thing. It was, and, and when they talked about she looks just like Alyssa Edwards, that was the thing that I think people love so much about Alyssa is that Alyssa is so bad that she's amazing. Yes. 
But she did look like her. She didn't sound like her. She should she should have leaned in and just done Alyssa Edwards. Yeah, um, that that is that is possible. That that would be. But I think in the moment she didn't necessarily know to, I know to do that. Um, the only other note, the only other two notes I had was that I was surprised Angeria was bombing, and that was hard to watch because you that was somebody who, in times past, in which people are bombing on the show where they can't remember a word or they can't, you know, we were rooting for you, you know, all of that. You don't see the panic on their faces like you saw with Andrea. Andrea, that was, she was clearly, you were watching the wheels spin in her head and Mm -hmm. her going, oh God, oh God, this is it. Because everybody else had done so well. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was difficult to watch. Um, And the other thing that I thought was, this was so different. I mean, the one that we always talk about with Rue directing was Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And this was such a different vibe than Shakespeare was. But that's because everybody did so well. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. You know, years ago, we interviewed Mrs. Kasha Davis, and she was saying that it was much worse than what we even saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so. All right. It's elimination day, and the girls get ready for the runway. And Jerry Dredd seen the finished product for the Daytona Wind sketch. Daya and George's bury the hatchet. Jasmine reads a nice note from Maddie Nemesis. And the girls discuss the Folsom Street Fair. Taylor, let's talk all things Elimination Day. Uh, we talked about Nigeria right now. but uh, And Daya and George's bury the hatchet. Did this seem more genuine to you this time? This seemed more genuine. And I liked that um, we were... Uh, it really kind of went to a place about talking about competition and being in your head. Mm-hmm. That 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 is where where Diet at least recognizes that this is where she wants it so bad that we've all been at those situations in which we are so competitive, whether it's with a board game or whether mm. it's a, a spot at work or whether it's whatever, that you are willing to do things outside of your best um, presentation to do them mm-hmm. that you really kind of, you know, show your ass, as it said. And it yeah. sounds like Daya has had even more time to recognize that it was the competition was getting to her. Yeah. And could admit that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, 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 that wasn't nice. Again, like I said, these are genuinely, inherently good people who may have some weak moments. Um, I have other thoughts about the rest of the segment, too. Go ahead. Okay. Um, we have heard them talk about various parts during the mirror moments on gay culture. Yeah. This was so interesting to me that there was a willingness to talk about the Folsom street. fair. I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And talk about it in a way that it was very much, I, there are people, you know, as we, as gay people, we get to choose our street fairs. And there was, I think a lot of us were aware of this. But, you know, to the majority of the world, most people probably don't know that this thing exists. Yeah. Um, and uh, unless you follow Rockham Sakura on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But it is it, – it was very refreshing to talk about that. I guess my fear with that is we've seen drag homogenized so much partially in fact because of rupaul's drag race yeah and is letting everyone know about this is there the potential for the Folsom street bear to become homogenized oh, as more so? people are aware of this yeah i mean obviously you know it needs a lot more space to go but when you think about when you think about 15 years ago before drag race even started 
what drag was like compared to what it is now. Mm-hmm. As people learned more about what a drag queen is, at mm-hmm. least in the eyes of RuPaul, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this could potentially have a long-term negative effect for something like Balsam Street Fair. That, that was just sort of my thought as I was watching this. I'll tell you why I don't think it will. Because no one loves the smell of their own farts. And I know this is a plot on South Park more than people who live in San Francisco. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. And I think in this case, it's a good thing where they'll be like, if people want to try to, to change it, they're like, no, fuck you. Right. They're kind of obnoxious like that, which I'm glad they are in this case, but sometimes you're like, okay, yeah. calm down, San Francisco. You didn't invent the burrito, <laughs> but they think they did. That's where I get offended by Mexican food. Anyway, they legit claim that they invented the burrito. Don't get me started. I will do a one-hour rant on this, and I will stop right now. I'm stopping it right now. It's done. <laughs> okay. I'm closing the spigot. What'd you I... call me? <laughs> so um, so right now, I'm just going to say that Jasmine said it very well, and she was like, because I do think there should be safe spaces for gays and their families, but there mm-hmm. should also be safe spaces for people who want to go and fucking... Uh, give a blowjob in public to a puppy, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, I think you can have both, you know, and one doesn't necessarily bleed into the other, even though there is actual bleeding at Folsom Street Fair. And so, um, oh. yeah, I was glad that, I was actually glad they talked about it. We should know and we should not deny our sexuality. I mean, it's, it's funny that we say this, but you and I had a similar conversation over on just between us girls. Which you can listen to if you join over at patreon.com slash afterthought media. Uh, any other thoughts on Elimination Day, Taylor? No, no. You know, before we go into the looks, the thing I wanted to talk about was do you know about this Georgia's drama? She's been kind of in the drama subreddits for the past week or so. <clears throat> no. Okay. One of them is, and I'm sure in the Discord, and I know you monitor the Discord during the show, <clears throat> was, um, some person on social media had made some comment about how Georgia shouldn't have won last week for a number of reasons, I think. And our favorite Cynthia was that person you and I on last week's episode. And, you, yeah. <laughs> and and Cynthia Lee Cuckoo Fontaine weighed in and was like, you know, uh, I hope someone posts the screenshot so uh, Taylor can read the exact quote that Georgia says back to her. But says, you know, Cynthia Lee Fontaine weighs in. Gives her critique of, you know, that Georgia shouldn't have won and the judging. It was really about the judging, to be honest with you. And Georgia's mm-hmm. response with like, I think like, fix your car or something like that. I don't, something like that, because I guess recently, <coughs> Cynthia Lee Fontaine, oh, Taylor has it. What did she say? Um, uh, hold on. Cynthia Lee Fontaine responds to somebody saying, exactly. Also, they repeated said all the times that is about the details. Like, I am totally confused. Now this design challenge, they all look good. And it was one of my faves besides my season nine. But I am still, I am still believe the winning design on this episode was not the best. And Georges responds, that's why your car is messed up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cynthia Lee Fontaine got recently to it. I look like a fender bender to me, but I guess it was a very serious car accident, right? And people got mm-hmm. really upset. Okay. There are certain queens that are very protected. And 
and whatever. And then Cynthia Lee Fontaine weighed in. It was a whole thing. It's drag queens, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other, that one's not so interesting to me. The one that's interesting is that Roscoe's last Friday during a, a viewing party, uh, Georges was there and she was talking and she was commenting on UK versus the world. <laughs> I did see this <laughs> and accidentally calls Mo Hart Monet exchange. Right. And oh, people lost their fucking mind and racist this and racist that. Do you want to weigh in first, Taylor? Cause we know you're an expert on race. Yes, I am. I am the, the go-to guy for race. Uh, I think it was unfortunate that, that, that's, I just saw like a, like a gif of it or mm-hmm. something. And then that was not, not her finest moment. You see, this is that. what I think. I'm actually going to defend George's here because she's Mexican and I'm racist and she's a twink <laughs> and I'm a, a horrible human protective. Being. Uh, yeah, I'm protective. But I saw someone on Twitter point out like, this is not calling two people who don't even look alike. Uh, and then, by the way, not, these queens do not look alike. They, but by the diff, by the same name. But it's two queens who have similar sounding names who are in two seasons together, right? Right. And so, and you're drunk at a bar during a viewing party. It's not like a a, a mistake that seems out of the realm of possibility. You know, it's not. It doesn't right. come from racism. If one's name is. Mo Hart and the other one is Monet Exchange and they've run two seasons of Drag Race at the same time. It's not a, that you would misspeak, you know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes we have to give, again, we have to give people some slack. We're, there's, we are currently right now so hung up on these gotchas of language. You know, um, you and I were having a conversation at some point. I know when, but I don't want to make a big deal about it, but you had a slip of the tongue and I was like, whatever. The tongue slips, you know, and who cares? But I could see people being very offended. Taylor is literally trying to rack his brain here. I am. I had a slip of the tongue. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You misgendered someone. You corrected yourself immediately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, but it's like, okay, that happens, you know? But I feel like if you were a drag race queen on Roscoe's, they would have been like, it would have been all over RPDR drama and, uh, oh yeah. my God, dead naming somebody and blah, 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 you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. guys, sometimes we make mistakes. Let's, we're human beings. We're human beings, you know? Didn't, uh, this, um, James Mansfield say something similar when she got eliminated in episode one? Like, be kind. We're just humans or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now it's time, Taylor, for the looks. What were some of your top looks, least favorite looks? Any notables that you have? Um, the one least favorite look that I definitely wrote. Oh, is uh, I did not like Deja Sky's look. Mm-hmm. I thought that the coloring was not. It did not accentuate the best features and mm-hmm. the wig. As much as I love neon-y colors like that, it just was mm-hmm. it, that that became like a focus for me. Um, as far as the looks that I liked, I loved uh, I loved uh, Bosco's, mm-hmm. and I loved uh, I I initially did not like Diabetes. 
but I did eventually really, the more I kind of looked at them, like, okay, it's really good. I just didn't like the bottom of it. The bottom of mm-hmm. it looked like sloppy, yeah. sort of, the, the, as far as where, where it met the shoe. Mm-hmm. The one thing that definitely, I definitely wanted to talk about and talk about an iconic moment was Lady Camden falling. Oh, and it okay. Looking, it looking genuine, like where we both gasped when when she fell and then the fact that she was able to get up and and I've watched it numerous times and I also know that there's editing I can't see when she put the mustache on like is it where it was like in her bra or was she holding on to it when she fell or whatever but it looked like a genuine fall so mm-hmm. I was very very impressed with that but that is definitely that is an iconic moment I think from the the entire series but particularly this season wow Cliffhanger. any other thoughts on the looks no, no, I know that we have Bring It to the Runway, so I'll let the boys over Bring It to the Runway do a little bit more on that. Speaking of, yeah, we have another show called Bring It to the Runway where Christian Ochoa and Robert Mata go over the looks in detail and then insult large segments of the gay population. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they went on this Disney rant the other No, I shouldn't give I shouldn't lump Robert in there, but Christian went on this dis- rant against Disneyland or Disney theme parks that was. One, verifiably false, right? And then about mm-hmm. people who go to Disney theme parks and stuff like that. And I was like, you're just a fucking idiot. And I just turned the thing off. And then I was thinking about it later. I wasn't that like, I was like, who hurt him? You know? <laughs> and I realized. <laughs> I can picture you like sitting like. Washing a dish, looking out the window, yeah. thinking about this. <laughs> well, I figured it out. I figured it out. I 100% figured it out, right? Mm-hmm. This Christian, I re- I'm telling you 100% this is the case. This is 100% the case. He went to Disneyland and pulled some sort of diva shit. Maybe he was smoking pot there. He was drunk. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Just was just a fucking bitch. I don't know what, right? And they mm-hmm. either schooled him or kicked his ass out, and now he has a vendetta against the Disney theme parks. I'm telling okay. you, 100%, something happened where they, he went to Disney jail, and <laughs> he, now he's like, fuck them, they're dirty and gross, and they're, and I'm like, no, what are you talking about? They paint that thing with a fresh coat of paint every fucking day. Right. Anyway. Uh, alright, are those a look, Sailor? That, that's the looks, yeah. Yeah, all right. By the way, Christian listens every week, but I don't think he makes it past the break. Yet. He'll never hear this. No one tell Christian. Let's see if he comes back. Robert, you too. I know Robert listens. No one, let's see if he comes back to me on this. All let's right. Let's see if he comes back with a rebuttal. Yeah. On the main stage, RuPaul names Deja, Carrie, and Angeria safe and announces the remaining six queens are all on the top. Diabetti and Lady Camden are named the top two queens of the week, forcing them to duke it out in a battle for the win. The song... One way or another by Blondie. In the end, Lady Camden wins the lip sync and the challenge, leaving Diabetti and the rest of the girls safe for one more week. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Your thoughts on the lip sync? All that good stuff. I feel like this hopefully is the end of the Diabetti demanding critiques storyline. Mm-hmm. And they they got her as close as they could without actually giving her a win to validate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was pleased for that. Mm-hmm. I thought that the lip sync was great, especially again, kind of going back to untucked where Lady Camden, I believe said she wanted so desperately to lip sync to this song because it was 
her mom went to a concert, a Blondie concert when she was either when she was pregnant with Lady Camden or when mm-hmm. she, Lady Camden was little and that she loved this. Her mom loves this song or mm-hmm. loved this song. So it was very much, um, that was nice, even though we already seen the lip sync to have that kind of backstory. And I think it was like, that was her mom's choker that she was wearing or she said something about that. Um, this is the second time they've done this song, right? Wasn't this, didn't Pearl do the song in season seven? Oh, did she? Thing. I don't remember. I, I, I think so. I was trying to remember. I know they've done other, I feel like they've done other Blondie songs, but if not, then they've done, they've done the song before. Somebody else will, somebody else will be sure to, uh, school oh, us in the chat room. No one loves to correct us on fact more than the Discord. Yeah. So, uh, somebody saying it was Pearl and Trixie did this song oh. before. Um, the other thing is that I guess, there was a there was a, a lot of crying in Untucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These it's are untucked. a bunch of fucking crybabies. I will okay. say this cast is a bunch of fucking just crybabies, but not for like a whiny they want something way. Just they just cry all the time. Well, okay, and and Jasmine revealed that she's trans on oh, the episode, did. right? And it was from a. And it, it was, I mean, as much as we talk about those moments of where anybody can, where they can make their voice, but I mean, this was a genuine, she had a breakdown mm-hmm. in the middle of this and the way that she was talking. And Bosco said that Bosco was trans as well. Um, which in we, the untucked? We, that's an untucked. Yeah. Oh, you, okay. You're going to want to go back and watch untucked. Okay. It's a really good episode. Um, and it was, it felt like the most genuine mm-hmm. that we've even when they're all crying it felt very genuine with everybody crying and it felt very from a clinical standpoint watching jasmine who i've not necessarily been the biggest fan of this season mm-hmm. process and say at one point like where she actually said it out loud and i even think i believe like lady camden even says to her when she says i'm trans and she goes how does it feel to say that out loud like that i was like mm-hmm. that is a great therapy question <laughs> That is a question that I would ask if somebody said that to me. Um, mm-hmm. It's so, you know, congratulations to Jasmine for, you know, for, for recognizing this and to get to a place where she felt as though she couldn't hold it in any longer. I mean, those of us who are gay and the first time that we're able to kind of say out loud where we're able to accept ourselves, that's a big deal. And we're getting to watch somebody do that on television about themselves was, was really a great moment. I thought. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I want to, I don't pushing back on what you just said right now is, uh, the right phrase here, but, um, I actually think with this cast, I don't know why, why did I just say it like that? With this cast, with this cast, <laughs> welcome, you welcome with this cast, Carol Channing's here. Welcome, Carol Channing. Um, <laughs> raspberries, raspberries, just tasty. Um, is I feel that they have. I'll be honest with you. I feel that they've been pretty authentic this season. I think often that's and that's why I think I think they're too authentic because when the producers are like, "No, you can't do that," when they have to redo something, it's so obvious when they've had to reshoot something. One of the things going mm-hmm. back to UK versus the world that I've read online about or read somewhere on our Discord is that these American queens are so good. Like Juju, I'm talking about Juju and Mo. Juju B and Mo mm-hmm. are so good at the producers going, now do this, and they can just, like an improv actor, just do what they need to. Whereas the the foreign queens, well, foreign to us, 
the UK mm-hmm. queens and the European queens and all of them are not as good at that is a testament to how this cast is so authentic that when they have to, it's very easily clockable where we couldn't, we couldn't clock it as well in other casts, but this one, we okay. can, I think it's because they're so genuine. Uh, any other thoughts, Taylor, on this episode? What do you think of the runway? I mean, on the run of the lip sync. Lip sync was great. Lip sync was great. Lady Camden should have won the lip sync. Diabetti was okay. She was kind of giving classic, you know, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk up the runway as the song starts and then I'm yeah. going to come back down and I'm going to squat. I'm going to point and I'm going to drag that her. hat was not doing her any services though, because it kept hiding her face. Yeah. It's a, it's she she should have took the hat off. Yeah. Uh, does, does Diabetti do it for you? Yes. Oh, really? She's cute. Yeah. I think she's cute. She's oddly cute. She's oddly? oddly cute. Okay. <laughs> no, she's, she's, there's something about her that is cute to me. Maybe because said- we can share insulin. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny you say that. I was trying, cause when she was having her little tantrum, I kept uh-huh. trying, cause you know, Zach writes a script and I go and edit it and put little flourishes here and there. I was trying to find a way to, to make the phrase diabetic was acting insolent work, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I couldn't make it work. You're dumb. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Meanwhile, what? Meanwhile, make sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. So, for Tate of the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Taylor has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Co-Pilot, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Agnesia Chopinska. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Coco San Pedro, Declan Prosser, Drew Brooks, E. Smith, Emma, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Lauren Eckert, Lionel Campbell, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Nicholas Springham, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travis Newland, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson, Corinna Williamson, Elizabeth Timmer, Nikki Baker, Robert NYC, David Olson, and Alexandra Sixth. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.